to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 370 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? Back-to-back shows. TBR officially back. We got that bag. And some people might say we stealing. Yeah. But after watching that shit last night, brother, I don't feel bad about stealing nothing because Charlo? Yeah. Phone that shit in. Well, that's why his brother showed up to the fight. <laughs> no, he, he needed help carrying out all the gold bricks. Jesus Christ. Ooh. A little effort. Just Ooh, a little. What a fucking heist. What, what a absolute heist. You know, everybody talks about this Canelo bag and chasing this bag. And people have said, Canelo, you know, you're, you're kind of a dick. When saying that everybody is just as as a payday, payday, payday. Uh Um, But these guys are so blatantly two things. Smitten with Canelo. It's like they're at a Taylor Swift concert. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They're just in awe of this guy. And... They nobody fucking hides it anymore. Like it's a blatant cash grab. He's like, dude, at the end of the fight, Jermel Charlo, he goes, Hey, I'm still undisputed in my division. (laughs) I'm still good in my division. I'm okay with this performance. It was mind-blowing. And everybody gave him the benefit of the doubt, right? Everybody gave him the benefit of the doubt. There's like, there's something off about Charlo. What is it? What is it? What is it? You know what it is? It's the same thing that is off with every fighter that's not ready to fight Canelo. They all have a fucking tourist mentality. Yeah. It's like they're there, like, with their, like, they should have, like, a little camera, <laughs> you know, that, like, hangs, like, around their neck. They're just there snapping pictures and shaking out Polaroids. You know what I mean? I mean, you can't, we got to be careful when we throw around these dare to be great statements. Like, dare I, to be great. Okay. Before the fight, like, he took the fight. I get it. He's moving up undisputed versus undisputed. On yeah. paper, it was daring to be great. After you watched what we saw last night, I'm sorry. That was uh, daring to collect a check. That's all that was. Yes. You, yes. You're not doing anything else there. You, you got paid last night. $85 people paid to watch that shit. I paid it. You yeah. Know, we sat there and watched it. That was a joke, an absolute joke. Yeah, it was very, uh, I don't know, man. It was a flaccid night altogether. Yeah. Altogether, um, Canelo Alvarez dominated Jermel Charlo. Uh, another PBC great, pound for pound PBC great bites the dust. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. There's there was a skill difference I saw last night, not just a size difference. Oh man, but there's a huge size difference in the heavyweight championship, the undisputed heavyweight championship. Huh. Uh, that is now signed and ready to go for later this year, perhaps. Uh, even early next year. Uh, that is to be decided, but it looks like Fury ain't ducking no more, Vin. Mm, Muffin Top's done got his wings. We'll son. see. Well, let's see what he looks like in the ring here next month. Okay, or this month. I guess today's October 1st as we record episode 370. The last physical sighting of the man they call Tyson Fury. Oof. Dude, it looked like he's auditioning for the reboot of Return of the Jedi trying to play Jabba the Hutt. He's looking about 285, 290. Oh, my gosh. He looks enormous. Um, he'll definitely struggle uh, reaching for oxygen particles out of the air <laughs> while chasing uh, Mr. 
Usyk around. But ducking can get one in shape as you are cycling your feet underwater at a rapid pace to stay afloat. Skinny legs and a muffin top, baby. <laughs> Built like a duck. <laughs> oh, but it's seemingly um, right here in our lap, which would put a nice big old fucking bow on the greatest year of boxing of all time. Oh, I mean, after last night, how could it not be? But we can't hate on these fights that are uh, coming down the road. No, uh, no, no. And also David Benavidez and Bubu Andre will talk about that. I want to talk about Floyd. You know, Floyd looking fresh with this new look, uh, almost looking 25 years younger now, uh, looking great. Uh, and Gilberto Ramirez uh, versus Joe Smith, Lee Wood versus Josh Warrington for next week's action. But we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 370 of the Boxing Rant podcast. The video lives here on the artist formerly known as Twitter X. It's TBR on X and the audio podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and anywhere audio podcasts can be found. Rate and review us there. We appreciate it. You all have already started to five star it up on Spotify for us. Keep it coming. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll keep uh, rubbing out swimmers for you. Yeah, I mean, I, let's just say this real quick to like after we got our first episode out. I want to I want to thank all the longtime listeners, all the people that have supported the show for years. It's always wild to me when we you know come back after after being off for a while how many people actually reach out and say, you know, so glad to have you guys back. So we, we appreciate all of that shit. Yeah, you guys are the best. I don't know why you guys keep hanging on. Um, you know, our life gets crazy, but you guys are always ready for another fucking facial from TBR. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. <laughs> but. Fucking lined up on their knees, aren't they? <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way, Ken. That's the way I like it. That's the way I like it, too. Uh, we appreciate you guys. It's 370 episodes into this charade. So we bring you... The post-fight reaction from the Showtime pay-per-view, Canelo Alvarez versus Jermel Charlo for the undisputed 168-pound championship of the world. All the belts on the stage. There's like fucking 25 fucking belts up there. Goldberg was up there holding his belts and fucking the Intercontinental and the Spinner title. That undisputed versus undisputed sure did sound good, didn't it? It did. It did. And I honestly think with all that glimmer in play, that fucking belt that Mauricio Solomon was in every single shot <laughs> all the way up until the main event. He was standing there in the ring with it. It's like his fucking he took his he took his dad's favorite china plates and broke them and then glued them <laughs> around the outside of one of the green belts. Solomon, um, uh, he is a businessman much like Jermel Charlo turned out to be in this fight, Vin. Good Lord, Ken. How many times did you hear the phrase spoken? Oh, another business decision by Jermel Charlo there. I, <laughs> I mean, I thought for just, you know, just based on Jermel's demeanor, like as we know him as a fighter, you would think that that guy would come into the ring, the Lions only shit, all that. He wasn't going to do what he did last night. He wasn't going to, like, seemingly bitch out of a fight. Like, that's what he did. Did you see him throw one, like, significant punch? No, he never once. Did he sit down on no. anything? Jermel Charlo never once tried to win this fight. Yeah, there wasn't, like, one even 20-second segment of a round where he was in control. I think you said to me one time during the fight, oh, he uncorked one there. <laughs> oh, that was a hard punch. I, uh, it's just so frustrating, man, because you... I at least thought going in, look, at least Jermel Charlo is a skilled enough fighter that he's going to make Canelo work for it early. Well, of 
all the opponents that have laid down in front of Canelo and that have bowed down to his greatness. I agree 100% of all of these opponents. I never thought it would be Jermel Charlo that would tuck his tail and fucking just just give up. I, Callum, dare I say, Callum Smith gave us more. And I, and Oh, jeez, then. That was awful. That was an awful fight, and that was an awful performance. I, I, I just, it's hard for me to sit here and like, I, I don't, I don't want to tear Charlo down, clearly. But he didn't try to win the fight. No, but he moved up two weight classes. I get it. There wasn't much expectation from me, uh, skill-wise, as, as him, you know, being a major problem for Canelo. But at least athletically, he'd be able to get something off. He pressed Canelo early. Just nothing. He looked physically filled out a lot of time. You see these guys that get brought up from smaller weight classes. Juan Manuel Marquez, perfect example, when he was brought up to fight against Floyd. Well, that was he that, did not bring any weight or any meat on his legs with him. Like Charlo looked physically filled out. He, you know, people were saying, "Oh, Canelo is the more sturdy fighter," right? Yeah, usually, but in this fight, oddly enough, the taller fighter, the longer fighter, he looked filled out. Man, he had thick thighs, strong legs about him. You know, there was nothing. That's why I said the the. There was no part of that fight to me that said size was the difference in the outcome. Oh, it was 100% agree. skill. I mean, to me, it looked like Canelo, it, it, it came off as a sparring session at times, and Canelo tried to press. Let me say this as a criticism for Canelo, if there's one criticism, as a fan. I am fucking tired of this punching the arms shit. Oh, dude. I, I really, I mean, I get what the game plan is or whatever the fuck you're trying to do. Get him to drop his guard so you can land a right over the top of it. It is just, it, it's, I, I'll, I'll put it like this. If you're a football fan, it's equivalent to me to like the, the play the Eagles run. The brotherly shove, oh, the, the tush push. The tush push, yeah. yeah. It's, it's. The it, brotherly <laughs> shove. <laughs> it, it's just, you know. I don't care to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not here to watch you punch this guy's arms for eight fucking rounds, man. You're the best fighter in the world, and that's what you're doing? I don't know. I, just that's my, that's my only complaint about Canelo here in this fight. Other than that, he, I think he looked refreshed. He looked great. He looked the best I've seen him physically in the ring. He looked sharper than he had in his last couple fights. Maybe there was something to the injury and, and, and you know, that Bivol fight, kind of him coming in not at a hundred percent, but goddamn enough, enough punching the goddamn shoulders, please. Can we can we get something to the body, something somewhere else? It's just it's an annoying game plan to me. Yeah, I, it it clearly didn't have any effect on Dimitri Bivol. No, and I'm, why would it have an effect on a guy that is built to absorb shots to his body? Like if there was a a fighter whose physique was made to shield himself from body shots. It's Charlo. Yeah. It's the way these, these motherfuckers are built. And you're just going to hit him in probably the strongest part of his body besides his forehead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was strange. Uh, it was definitely strange. Charlo though, man, I mean, could you have at least tried it, You know what? Charlo's effort to me was like somebody who's in a wedding party that didn't show up to the dress rehearsal. You know, right. so there's like moments like during the actual wedding where they're like looking around. They're like, oh, what are they oh. doing? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, 
You know, we it's, all, uh, over here now. Yeah, we doing this. Yeah, I don't know, dude. All of it seemed. <sighs> I want to give Canelo credit. Yeah, for being in great shape, for seemingly being more spry on his feet. Um, he didn't look so stuck in the mud. He looked when he fired that he looked explosive. He had an unwilling opponent, Kev. Exactly. What, how good can you look against a guy who does that? Right. You're fighting a stiff. You're literally fighting a heavy bag that that somebody's moving for you a little bit. Um, here's my biggest complaint with Canelo as he ages. He, he's clearly slipping, okay? And his slippage comes from his ability to pull the trigger. 30, all right? 33. His ability to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And he does... He follows up less and less and less every fight that goes by. He relies more and more on single power shots. Yes. The days of the three, four, five, six punch combinations from Canelo. The, the days of the torso swivel. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? All of that shit's done, dude. He, but I, I give him all the credit in the world. It was a different Canelo. He fought more assertively like he did in the rematch against Gennady Golovkin. But again, that wasn't Gennady Golovkin. Gennady Golovkin, if, if any, you know, hey, if, a 40 year old Golovkin, that was a bad fight. That third fight, a 40 year old Golovkin put up a better fight than Charlo did. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's something in the water in Al Heyman land. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Clarissa be, bo- be bottling that shit from Michigan and selling it. <laughs> She ain't even in the BBC. She should be. It is something, dude. I don't know what it is about the PBC. Sometimes you get these guys that have that have they've operated in, and I get it. Every you know, and amongst all the major factions, most fighters operate within that faction. Sure. Every once in a while, they bounce around. But when there's a PBC guy that's been there for five or six years and they've been seemingly dominant like Jermel Charlo has, he's had a couple hiccups against some questionable, not questionable opponents, but not elite level guys. Yeah. So when they get to a situation like this and you're, that those PBC fighters to me now, as I've grown to know them, I, I look back and I go, yeah, I... I got. I'm highly questionable of these fighters now. Highly, highly questionable of how good they they actually are until they get outside of the PBC, because it just is. I mean, look, yeah, Tony Harrison, good fighter, good fighter. I'm yeah. not taking anything away from him, but when you are in the type of fights that he was with a guy like Tony Harrison that were razor thin, yep, razor thin. That that should be a bit of a red flag when when you come to a fight with a Canelo Alvarez. It's just. We saw it last night. It came to, like, complete fruition. I, I cannot, like, Charlo looked like an amateur last night. Yeah. He really looked bad. Yeah. Um, and his comments in, in the post-fight. Doesn't that hurt a potential fight if you come back down to 154 with Crawford? Like, I, I, the willingness to just call out Crawford in the... I was That was one of the most surprising things of the post-fight. Was him, I didn't expect him to call out Crawford. I really didn't. But I, I kind of see it now. You know what I mean? Like, this guy wants another big payday. You can't. You, you know? And, yeah. and so, so you can't tell me that I, I, I'm not going to be able to take you honestly, right? I can't take you seriously now that you so willing willingly 
just he didn't put up any of that PBC bullshit. There was no nonsense. There was no ducking language. He's like, nah, I want Terrence Crawford. I want Terrence Crawford. Because he knows the next biggest payday that he can get <laughs> is against Terrence Crawford. And good for him. That's fine, but <laughs> And it is fine. And it is fine. Uh, unfortunately, uh, what I did see on on Twitter this morning from a lot of people our age and older in boxing is a little bit of giving in, a little bit of letting down the nostalgic uh, bravado and being like, well, I guess this is just boxing today. <laughs> Jermel Charlo, just like Errol Spence before him, does not belong on anybody's pound-for-pound pound list after that effort. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely You do not, not. belong on pound-for-pound pound list if you fucking mail it in. Yeah, and, that's not, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. And you, that's what Charlo did last night. Yeah. You, he, he mailed it in. You can't lose a fight. I don't even know how he even got around in that fight on any scorecard. You are 100% correct. You, you put on a performance like that. I'm, I'm sorry. You well, know. poor Errol got his ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, so did Jermel. It wasn't bad like that, but you, you, I mean, I think Crawford said it best after the fight. You going to let that man be your daddy? Because that's exactly, I mean, that's, that's what it was. That's yeah. exactly what it was. I think uh, between Caleb Plant and Jermel Charlo and maybe even some other ones that we didn't know, I think they all adopted the Miguel Cotto game plan against Canelo Alvarez. Like Cotto knew that he was too small to beat Canelo Alvarez, but he also knew that that fucking payday was way too lucrative to turn down, right? So what did Kodo do? Kodo was good enough to box with him. Kodo was smart enough to stay the fuck away with him, yeah, from him. Right. He did not engage with Canelo like he did but, with all the other fighters in his career. He adopted a game plan to survive, but Kodo sold it way better I than was, these motherfuckers. <laughs> I was going to say, Kodo <laughs> played the part. These guys just showed up to the fucking job. Yeah. They said, where's the time clock? I don't, I don't need a script. <laughs> And, and, and cashed a check, man. That, that was awful. Yeah. Awful, awful. It, it really was. And it's becoming a trend. Um, how, do you, how do you sell these mega pay-per-views when you know that the dance partner's a dud? Like, how are you supposed to break out your swirly moves and your fucking... Well, and that double-double pop-pop when she just laying there like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? She just Look, laying there. You can't bill something as undisputed. Ver I mean, you could bill it as undisputed versus undisputed. It's that, that's what it was on paper, but you can't sell that as a fight and then it have it be what it was last night. No, and and have any new fan like even even just the the boxing fan that just watches these big fights now, you're you're losing. Like you said, the guys that are older than us. Oh, this is just boxing now. There is a certain level of that malaise. Once you hit this age, you just go, I mean, yeah, I, I still like watching it. So I just kind of got to be like, well, this is what it is. That's <laughs> undisputed versus undisputed these days in boxing, Ken. We've seen so many cards that had the, the same vibe that the overall card had last night over the years, right? And we had, in the past, been far more critical of that kind of vibe, uh, fucking letdown, like yeah. this, that, and the other. But I found myself last night just sitting there like a responsible adult discussing it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. It, it was what it was. And the, the entire night to me was like a two-pump two chump, and then it's too sensitive to do much afterwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just kind of keep your distance, right. you know, maybe a little hugging, maybe a kid, I'll, I'll get you something to drink, but don't. <laughs> I won't touch you anymore. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, uh, 
Can we get to this Jesus Ramos Erickson Lubin fight? I, yeah, I mean, this is another one that's like 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 we can get back to the future of Canelo here in a minute. I don't I don't understand any way, shape, and form, any galaxy or fucking universe where Jesus Ramos should be a minus four hundred favorite over anybody. And, minus and, minus four seventy five. Okay. Um. So before I pass it to you, Vin, remember during the fight, right before the ring walks, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, Steve Farhood said about Jesus Ramos. Did he just say that this guy's like the best young fighter in, in boxing? And I looked at you, and I got kind of heated for a second, and I was like, hold on a second. He literally just said Jesus Ramos is the best young fighter in boxing. So after seeing the performance and then and sleeping on it and waking up in the morning, the tone that Steve Farhood said that in was literally like he, he read the next flashcard. Jesus Ramos is the best young fighter in boxing, and like he just flung it. <laughs> so I... I, I I feel bad about having those feelings about Steve Farhood telling me that this guy was worth a shit because I'm telling you right now, Vin, Jesus Ramos sucks. <laughs> and his effort was almost as piss poor as Jermel Charles. Oh, we, we talk about business decisions. Uh, he made a business decision last night. He, uh, I don't know, because it didn't seem like Lubin was doing any dam- real damage, but I think Lubin landed a left hand in those first couple rounds and Ramos said, Oh, this is a real fight, huh? Yeah, I don't know if I like that too much. Yeah, let me go ahead and play this safe. And I don't know what you know. I've seen, I've watched Ramos fight before. He's a he's a good fighter. That last night was nothing along the lines of which people like to talk him up as. Ah, Lubin's had some trouble against fighters. You're able to get to Lubin. You can hit Lubin. Ramos just didn't want to do it. He didn't seem interested in it. And and I'm sorry, where that the commentating during that fight was so one sided for the first seven or eight rounds, and then it seemed like the commentating crew caught wind of people on social media being like, "Are these guys like not seeing Lubin land any punches? Yeah, at all? Yeah. I mean, you would have thought it was a fucking shutout after eight rounds. These guys don't watch fights anymore, Vin. They show up and they get their fucking notes from their producers. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it appears that way. And then they or figure they it out halfway lost. through. They get lost. One of them starts going down this road and they all just jump on the horse and carriage yeah. and fucking go with them. And it's like somebody has to be saying something about how Ramos looks like dog shit right now. I thought Ramos's post-fight comments in the ring were absolutely fucking hilarious. He's like... You know, I just thought that this was a good time to try some new things. And I'm like, this was not the time to well, try some new things. You're in the co-feature on a Canelo pay-per-view, and you thought it was time to try out some new what styles. What did he try? Keep away. That's his new technique is keep away. I mean, I, even, I wouldn't even say it was keep away, but it was like, It wasn't keep away, but it was like, oh, you're not doing anything? Well, I'm not going to do anything. He just kind of followed Lubin around at times. It was... Piss poor. And let's not, let's not say that Lubin doesn't deserve some level of fucking. Like, he didn't do much either in this fight. No. He, he was content with backing up and landing shot. You know, I'll throw I'll throw a couple off the back foot and I'll make some I'll make some contact here, but I'm not doing any real damage no. either. Lubin's style was of a man who knew uh, this is all I got to do. Oh, OK. Well, this is all I'm going to do. <laughs> this is all I have to do. And to be honest with you, the style of fight that he fought is more of a Vegas judge style. You yes, know what I mean? Absolutely. They're, they're kind of that. He was landing punches, and and these this cry for robbery for Ramos people, and I know a lot of people bet Ramos. He ruined my parlay too, guys. 
I had Ramos and two parlays cost me big both times. I'm not going to cry robbery for this guy. I'm sorry. That fight was close enough between two guys that, to me... He fucking deserved to lose. Didn't really... Nobody really wanted to win, and the judges gave it to one of them. Big deal. Who cares? After watching, it was like, I don't really give a shit who wins this fight. I think that, you know, people are like, damn, Ken, why are you so upset about this? I'm upset because I can't believe I was dumb enough to put money on this man <laughs> stopping Erickson Lubin. And it's more of my thoughts on Erickson Lubin. I think Erickson Lubin is a, is a compromised fighter, and I think he's there to be hit. I just thought with a little effort, uh, Ramos... Because that's to me, it just with the physical advantages that Ramos had, at least to the eye, it didn't seem it was going to take much effort. But... You have to give a little bit of effort, and what Ramos did was, uh, no, not today. <laughs> I, I no no effort today. And and you know what? The look that Canelo gave in the camera after the decision was read was that of, well, you know what, motherfucker, you should have fucking give some effort. Yeah. You should have fought like a Mexican. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't. I don't see it as a robbery. And they're fighting like a new age Puerto Rican. And <laughs> <laughs> with that Rican shuffle. No. Yeah, fucking Twinkie videos. <laughs> I, I just I, I can't cry robbery for the guy. I can't feel feel bad for the guy. Maybe he deserved to win, sure. I don't know. I, you could you could score that fight 7-5 either way. I don't really give a shit, man. Yeah, we've put way more effort into this segment on this fight than jesus ramos did into the fight yeah so uh let's move on do you have anything else from canelo charlo what's on the menu for these guys next will canelo be dining on the winner of benavidez <laughs> versus sir boo boo of andre well that's official now that's in november right so that that lines up for a uh, cinco de mayo showdown right absolutely does and i think canelo said last night they're like even benavidez is a possible i don't fucking care yeah i don't fucking care this Canelo doesn't lose to anyone. Yeah, I I think he he got some of his uh, what he got his groove back his last mo- night. His mojo. Yeah, uh, and you know you could see it. He looked confident. He fought confident. <laughs> Canelo got her groove back. <laughs> oh, I know that that fucking fan base got their groove back. They go they gonna be duck walking on that one for a while. Oh, there's some picante in those fucking la, la pieces. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, all right. Fight announcements, Vin. Yeah. David Benavidez, Boo Boo Andre, official. We touched on that in last week's episode, and we will expand more on the transition of Boo Boo Andre into becoming David Benavidez's Boo Boo. Ken, we are, you know, preliminary talks, but we are in talks with X to possibly get that bag one more time. We are. And we a are. live broadcast for that fight. We are uh, just. Simply, it's going to come down to which of the starships Elon wants us to fly. I, you know, they keep throwing Bitcoin at me. I ain't interested in that. Yeah, shit. I want some Doge greenback, son. No, nah, give me that Doge coin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we got Benavidez and Boo Boo coming to a Thanksgiving near you, but let's get to the big one. Um, and I agree with you, Ben. The announcement was timed uh, to be piggybacked off of the pre-fight fervor leading up to Canelo Alvarez versus Jermel Charlo and the fact that seemingly a month out, uh, prospects of big pay-per-view numbers. But here's the thing. I, you know, 
Does it matter how many pay-per-views it sells? <laughs> Honestly, who 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 is concerned about making pay-per-view sales? I, you know, here? I briefly thought about this yesterday. <laughs> just kind of walking around my house like, what is with this Saudi Arabia shit? Like, how are they able to offer this level of money and make money? Like, what are they selling tickets? That's not. It's just uh, money laundering, whatever the fuck yeah. they're doing. I don't really give a shit. Thanks for Thanks for ponying up the cash out there. If you lived in Scrooge McDuck's money bin, at some point you'd have to be like, I, I, I should start giving this to some people. Oh, you mean I can buy that? <laughs> I'll buy that. I would like to buy boxing. <laughs> just for the night. Yeah. Just for the night. <laughs> oh, man. So it, it seems to be here. The fight is signed. And I'm with everybody else, man. I think that Tyson Fury, I mean, his fucking dad said it, right? His dad said it. Tyson Fury's mood changes with the weather. He wakes up for breakfast. He's signed a fight with Alexander Usyk. For lunch, he likes to put his duck bill on and go for a swim, you know? So what is it? Uh, What is it is that this fight is on its way. Um, and when the government of Saudi Arabia, the fund that is funding this uh, unified heavyweight championship of the world, comes out and officially says, yeah, this thing done, we're just going to let you know the official date here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. This fight, one way or the other, is going to put a culmination um, on the careers of both men. This is the only fight that matters to both of them with the state of the heavyweight division today, Vin. Uh, there is no other fight for any other men. You know, you can talk about this up-and-coming heavyweight and that up-and-coming heavyweight. What this does is put the bookend on a very top-heavy era in 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 heavyweight division. And I mean, like, there's literally in this since Vladimir Klitschko was dethroned by Tyson Fury, there's been two legitimate world-class Hall of Fame type heavyweights and it's been Tyson Fury and now Alexander Usyk his resume for the Hall of Fame being established at cruiserweight right but taking the legacy to another level and finally getting the fight that he wants to the finish line um, there's no bigger fight in boxing as far as the stakes are concerned I I got to applaud Tyson Fury I didn't think that he wanted anything to do with this fight because a, a southpaw who can box he's never been in the ring with a fighter uh, that's been more athletic than him, mm-hmm. more quick twitch and explosive, sure. Right. But he's always been the better athlete in the yeah. ring. Yep, yep. And for the first time, he's not going to be the better athlete. The better boxer. Yeah, I mean, there's some di- there's some things that he's seeding. But then, again, you just picture that 275-pound fucking Tyson Fury that just drubbed Deontay Wilder, and the, the possibilities are endless for this fight, Vin. They well, really are. Uh, yeah, and I think from like a, speaking from like a ring IQ perspective, this will be the toughest fight that Alexander Usyk has. Oh, been without in. a doubt, you cannot predict what Tyson's going to do. Yeah, and and you know, you got There's a lot to overcome in the size department. There, it's a huge, huge ask. It's it's on paper so fucking intriguing, man. And you're right. You know, I always thought Fury would make the fight at some point. Yeah. I just figured it would. He would drag it out as long as possible. I don't. You know, this fight really didn't get drug out that long. At the end of the day, maybe it took a, what a year to make. Well, I mean, what are you going to drag out, though, at the end of the day? Because they're only two years apart. Right now, Usyk's 36 years old. Fury just turned 35. Right. So Usyk's going to turn 37. There's only two years apart between these guys. Yep, yep. And I think it had to happen now because both are about... I think Usyk has slightly started his downslide into old man status, Mm -hmm. right? And Fury's not far behind. If not, he hasn't already started that slide himself. You know, carrying around all that weight he does. I know... 
he's a big man and, and all that. And, and he Has he been in a lot of tough, really tough fights? No, not particularly. But uh, it, it's going to catch up to you. So, yeah, it needs to happen now. I'm glad they got it done. And I don't have any idea who's going to win this fight. I lean, I lean Fury because of the size. But I, I, I really lean him Fury with zero confidence. <laughs> zero confidence right now yeah i just don't think that the size is going to be an issue at all i mean i saw many shots from a couple of their encounters like over the last couple years yeah, or whatever fury is an exaggerated six nine he's not six nine six seven yeah six seven and you know so i saw the profile shot of the two of them not the shot behind the taller tyson fury looking right. down at Usyk, right but the shot from somebody's phone in the crowd a couple rows behind them and them standing nose to nose, not nose to nose, because Fury is taller, right? Mm -hmm. But he's only about three, maybe four inches taller. Yeah, it's you not. Know, Usyk's a legitimate six three, six four. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think people. I think Usyk maybe gets underestimated yeah. in the height department a little bit. But yeah. the weight discrepancy. I think the most interesting thing about this fight, we know Usyk. pounds. We know Usyk's going to be there at about two twenty five, yeah. right? What is what's Fury's strategy going to be here? Because right now he is trending towards more towards a, a two eighty Fury than a two fifty Fury. I think it's a mistake in this fight for Usyk to think I need to come in at my my biggest. I need to be no. He needs to be at two twenty five. He just needs I, I, to be I where think he's he at. He needs to be closer to two twenty. I you, think you think so? Yeah, I think being with with the age creeping, uh, any, any kind of poundage you can keep off them legs, keep keep them off. Um, yeah, the, coming in like. Coming in with that game plan that Wilder did in the second fight, which was, I'm going to get my biggest I've ever been. Wilder, Wilder's an idiot, and he can't really box. <laughs> these <laughs> he, can rap, are, he can rap, though. These things are true, but I'm so, you, you're speaking from, like, you're not going to put on weight and cause a problem for your fury. He's, he's bigger than you. Don't try to match that or get close to that. Or, or Yeah, or I see what you mean. Just be you. Yeah. Do what you're best at, because that's what's going to give him the most problems. This is going to have to be... Usyk's best performance by far. Yeah. By far. It's going to have to be Fury's too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's one thing about Fury that I don't think a lot of people really take into consideration. We talk about his lifestyle and how that is eventually going to be the, his, his downfall in the ring, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that one thing we don't really get to uh, talk about too much is how much his level of opponents, now that we know what Wilder kind of really was, we always knew about Wilder being yeah. kind of a fucking paper tiger. You know what I mean? Great, great, great watch. Unbelievable fighter to, yeah. to tune in for. So how much of Fury's slide has been shielded by the level of his competition, right? So he, he could be sliding way more than we even know Hell because yeah. he hasn't really been in the, and he hasn't been in the ring with anybody that is nearly as serious about life serious about sports, serious about health and fitness, as Alexander Usyk. We talk about the dichotomies in size here, mm -hmm. but let's talk about the dichotomies in lifestyles, right? Oh, yeah. Because I know what it's like to be Tyson Fury's age and extremely overweight. Like, I know the pain of that. And I don't care how much of a fighting fury you are, and you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And it's, it's in me blood, and right. you know all that bullshit inside. Uh... I think we're getting to the point in Tyson Fury's career where the barking um, is, is more of a facade and a shield for his slippage. I think that Nganu's the perfect opponent for him to try to, you know, just get a little ring rust 
off, maybe even shed a few pounds into the lead up to it or whatever. But we're really going to see where both of these fighters are at. And it is such an interesting back and forth. This is a fucking volley of factors and keys and advantages and disadvantages and experiences. But at the end of the day, when you boil this motherfucker down, we've got the two best heavyweights in the world. Literally the two best of this era mm-hmm. since the Klitschko era ended, mm-hmm. since Fury ended it, right? Um, this is it. This is it. This is the end of this era. And guess what, Vin? Thank fucking God. Well, there's there's nothing coming behind it. So. Uh, fine. It, it, fine. Let's Look, Suleiman, just rename it the Breerweight Division. You know, this can be Breerweight. Oh, oh God. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with five years of darkness. You know, it's like you pump out too many superhero movies. Right. Give me four or five years off. Still <laughs> yeah. love the genre. Yeah. I need a it's break. It's time for a break. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Here's my biggest concern for Tyson Fury in this situation is uh, that bag, that rather large bag. 200 fucking million. Has been secured already. Yes. It's guaranteed. Yes. Uh, when you're staring off into the horizon and you see nine digits and three commas and all, you know, all that. All you can eat spotted dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far, but. It's an English delicacy. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, he thinks about buffets when he's doing his, when he, everybody has that, when they buy that fucking yeah. mega million ticket, you start thinking about how you're going to spend that shit. That 200 million might soften him up even more, Ken. Yeah. That, that, that's a, that'll get you sleeping in silk pajamas long before you cash that check. Yeah. Good for him though. The, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I will Shrewd businessman. Yeah. Dude, this is. Tyson Fury is approaching uh, in a much different way and definitely didn't become anywhere near biggest star in the United States. But as far as uh, leveraging boxing to maximize the future, uh, Tyson Fury is approaching Canelo and Floyd Mayweather levels. Oh, Uh, absolutely. And I think he's in the same category. He's definitely in the same fucking tax bracket after this fight. Oh, there's no (laughs) doubt about it. 100 fucking percent. And the best part about it, Ken, is for me anyways, the comical side of it is... Eddie Hearn talked all that shit for so goddamn long about this card that he was putting together out there with yeah. Wilder and AJ and Fury and Usyk in the main event. I mean, could Eddie be any more full of shit? And then Fury goes over there, gets a fucking bullshit exhibition fight, and then an undisputed fight at heavyweight and takes all Eddie's money. Yeah, yeah. I fucking, I just absolutely love it. And Eddie, that's why his head's been spinning. The last fucking two weeks. Oh, dude, the interview with he him. He knew it was coming down the line. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, but uh, Connor Ben and Eubank is the same night. Uh, they're going to have to move off of that date because this, this fight's just it's as a big. massive, massive mm. fight. Uh, give me a <laughs> Brick Connor Ben and Chris Eubank. The battle of the entitled. Oh, uh, what's that? Nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> For one night only. Oh, good lord. I mean, they're both cartoon characters, but they should be the opening fight for Fury Usyk. They should be, Let's yes. be honest. That'd be perfect. If, if Eddie was smart, right? But Eddie's Eddie's too sad. Oh, somebody else uh, got, got into my fucking oil pipeline. Eddie is cycling hard on that test, son. You see him posting pictures ripped up in the gym? Oh, jeez. This guy is... Talk about Vada testing. Uh, we need to get that man Vada tested immediately. Well, based off of the uh, the specs of Eddie Hearn, him and Montero are both 
the right, they're both heavyweight, both tall guys. I'd like to see them square. And maybe that's the fight that's coming down the horizon. <laughs> hey, can I give a big up to my man, Michael Montero, uh, for yeah. turning pro? That's, hey. And it's, looking so svelte. I, that was the most impressive part to me. Being, being in your 40s looking like that. Same age. Uh, uh, yeah, chasing, that, don't, chasing that dream all the way to the end, baby. All the, hey, fucking hey, anybody can do it. You ain't never too old, especially I, with the way these young fighters are yeah. these days. Make a run at it, Motherfuckers son. would rather play Nintendo. <laughs> You could probably get a Frank Sanchez fight. Oh, no. No, don't do that. <laughs> I am not a, fran- a fan of Frank Sanchez. I don't think anybody is. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe Frank Martin. <laughs> I just kind of feel for Frank Martin at this point. <laughs> for that Frank, that's for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about Floyd for a minute, man. Can we talk about Floyd for a minute? What, ant leg beard Floyd? Man, I'll tell you what. Whoever he's got, uh, is it... Uh, <laughs> Bosley is Bosley doing the doing the plugs on the on the on the forehead and the beard, but Floyd with that the veneers, my man looks young again. He does when he smiles and puts them teeth out there. He's got yeah. it. That, you could tell he'd be practicing that shit. He like, <laughs> did you see? So his uh, this is somebody I, I meant to bring up last week on the, on the show, but uh, a Floyd fighter debuted last night. He wasn't uh, on the untelevised portion of the card. Kermel Motan. Hmm. Great fucking young fighter, super talented, small guy. Uh, they like semi comparisons to Tank, but different fighter, completely different fighter. Um, <laughs> they're in the press conference after the fight, and Floyd's up there with them, you know. And Floyd's talking to the side of the mic, and then eventually he just kind of moves over and just like, just kind of <laughs> slowly bumps the kid out just the way, displaces him. <laughs> Let's get this established early, son. Uh, I'll be in, I'll be at the uh, forefront most of the time. You yep. just stay back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all about me. <laughs> I love Floyd. Too. Oh man! And coming up next week, Vin, we've got the return of Top Rank's version of what Jermel Charlo did—a guy that's just kind of oh, phoned in his entire career, Gilberto, the big lefty with the handsome chin. That's a disservice to Charlo, actually. Gilberto is. A bum. Yeah, Gilberto is kind of a bum. Uh, he's fighting Joe Smith, man. Uh, this is a little interesting in the in the fact that perhaps Joe Smith could maybe land one on Gilberto's uh, handsome little chin there. <laughs> I, I think this is what the kids call a mid-off, Ken. <laughs> a mid-off. <laughs> It'll be more exciting than fucking Jesus Ramos' performance. <laughs> it might be. It <laughs> might be. What about Lee Wood and Josh Warrington? That should be a good little scrap. That's a good midday Saturday scrap. I mean, it's a couple white boys throwing down, but you're going you're going to get action in that one, no doubt. Is Warrington still flexing? Is he still suspect? I think Josh Warrington is a bit worn down. Yeah, he is worse for wear. Uh, an old catcher's mitt, indeed. He'll uh, he'll bring it though. He'll swing them. He'll put his head down and swing them fucking wild hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down for a little uh, little British uh, slobber knocker. That's for sure. All right, man. Well, it looks like the 2023 boxing season is going to wind up pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Close, closing out the year with a couple of nice ones. It's uh, it's typical of boxing. It, it goes in seasons now. Tis. There's, there's, there's uh, a <laughs> large dull spots along the way. <laughs> twas. Twas. <laughs> Tis and twas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Episode 300 and mother 70. We got to get to 400. Probably not this year. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe not next year. Yeah, we're at that like Ovechkin stage, like reaching Gretzky. We yeah. at that age. Showtime on the way out, Ken? 
Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm all for it. You know, <laughs> look. You know what? Honestly, let's go ahead and end the show with Showtime real quick. A couple, a couple statements. Things started to change for me with Showtime, and this was before the whole Polly Malinaji situation happened. Right. And this is going to sound sort of minuscule, but to me, people talk about how you know you said it a couple times how Al Bernstein was sort of like the analyst of your childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hang on to different things. For me, it was the opening intro with fucking Jimmy Lennon and the fucking blacksmith hitting the uh, the anvil. Mm-hmm. You know, it's showtime. Yeah. Like when they changed that intro, and they got like more of like a fucking modernized like cuck intro. I was like, dude, they just they just took the best thing about their TV production, which has always been minimal. Oh, last night. Last. <laughs> They stripped down to the fucking... They didn't even go to the business pro line of their graphics uh, <laughs> program. They just went for the free one. Like, sorry, we had to cancel the... Uh, what's that editing program you use? It's like, sorry, yeah, yeah we couldn't re-up the subscription for... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was rough. It, it really was. And honestly, Abner Mares had his best night on the mic. Good for Abner. I, I've been uh, not a fan of... You know it's you know it's rough when we were listening and we're like, God damn, if Abner isn't like the voice of reason tonight. It's the end of an era for Showtime, but let's be honest, it's their era ended a while ago. Yeah. You know, like they they've had some I mean, some we're on a strict we're on a strictly pay per view run now. Yeah. I mean, as a boxing fan, thanks for like I, I appreciate you putting together some great fights this year. You brought them to the table. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I mean that that's outstanding as a as a boxing fan. You guys cannot mistake the fact that look, most of the animosity toward this isn't a congratulations or a celebration at the end. We're not gonna throw a party that fucking showtime's no. going out of business. That's not what this is about. What this is about is that the man that has been running Showtime since the since we have been doing this podcast turned heel on his consumer base in the most condescending way possible. And he despises what the majority of boxing fans are, which are blue-collar workers from all colors and spectrums of life, mm-hmm. right? It really is. That's the majority of the fan base. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of white-collar guys, out, plenty of businessmen, plenty of everybody likes... I shouldn't say everybody likes boxing. It's a niche sport. But that's what the heart and soul of what boxing is. Steven Espinosa's been a piece of shit living in an ivory tower that has been throwing his fucking feces into the crowd. <laughs> so I'm glad that he's getting drugged down by the peasants into the crowd, and now he's getting stoned. And that's what I'm celebrating, because it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. It's, it has nothing to do with Showtime. Right. I loved Al Bernstein as a kid as well. But now Al Bernstein sounds like he should be hanging out with Robert De Niro. I love Robert De Niro's movies, Growing up, but at some point they need to be sent to the Berkeley old folks home where they can, where they can share their unique ideas on the world. Uh, Into the ether would be better. Yes. Well, there, I I know how many people have their hearing aids turned up. It might be the perfect place for it, really. How funny would it be, Ken, if the PBC ends up having to go to DAZN to a streaming platform? (laughs) Like who's, you know... I, At least I, I his own would have some content. Like Paramount Plus is going to pick up pay-per-view, so you're going to see Showtime pay-per-view become Paramount Plus pay-per-view. Basically the same fucking thing, parent company. Fine. You're going to be in the pay-per-view boxing business, Canelo fights, whatever they may be. 
But man, if you have to move your like general boxing programming, which the PBC has zero dates, they get nothing for their young talent. I there's a they need to find something quick. Mm-hmm. They need dates for fighters. If they got to move to zone and become a part of that streaming app, I mean, you know, maybe add some more value as a as a boxing fan. They they may get some you know more dates, more boxing, but the fact that there was that dichotomy of the PBC and DAZN like button, butting heads, the the new age boxing fans were their fan bases of these two fucking uh, entities. Now they're going to have to join forces. It's just boxing is. It's scrambling for the last dollar. It, it really is. I, I feel bad for the sport. It, it's in a, like, honestly, it's in a rough spot right now. A very rough spot. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, it's it's very similar to herpes. It is. Ain't no Valtrex going to take care of that. <laughs> what did you say somebody said last night? You knew Canelo was going to shut him out because the, the herpes was flexing last night. <laughs> somebody <laughs> tweeted, like, the day of the way, and like, oh, you know Canelo means business when that herpes shits flares up. Uh, it's 100% correct. Whoever, I, I'm sorry I can't credit whoever said that. It's a fucking outstanding tweet. Yeah, you know he's he's dialed in. <laughs> <laughs> Much like he was the evening that he acquired said herpes. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. I don't. This version beats anybody. I don't fucking care. I love it. I love it. Canelo Alvarez shuts out Jermel Charlo. Fury and Usyk on the horizon. Mm. And David Benavidez and Boo Boo look to square off. And Boo Boo's going to take a real fight. Wow. A lot of stuff out there that seems to be fantasy. And as we approach it, hopefully it materializes. <laughs> <laughs> But on paper, it all looks great. Yeah, yeah. We all know where we are, though, Ken. This is boxing. It is. It is. And uh, what we're going to leave you with boxing on episode 370 of the Boxing Ramp podcast. We appreciate all of you checking out the video here on X. You can download the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere audio podcasts can be found. And uh, continue to rate and review on Apple and Spotify. We really appreciate all of you. Like Vin said, If I could reach to the camera right now, I would give you a hug and at least try to reach for your balls. I was going to say, you definitely fondle the listeners. I'd give them a taint taint rub. (laughs) At least. You know, a little tweener. Yeah. You know? Give them a little little vibe. Yeah, let them know what's coming. (laughs) But the future holds. But we do appreciate all of you. Uh, Because mainly, all of you uh, probably do the stuff that we talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not, but (laughs) we are influential. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) We appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 370 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can.